Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Monica, we made it. It is February. How was your January resolution? Oh, remember, I don't have uh, resolutions. Uh, did you have any, though, that you that you were successful at? Oh, yeah. I'm always successful at everything, Monica. You know that. All you do is win, <laughs> Nelson. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> I don't know the rest. Got money on my mind. I don't know. Did you make it through dry January, at least? Yeah, I made it through dry January, but it was actually pretty wet. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, as I said, I don't have a lot of resolutions. Yeah, it wasn't very dry for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that Modelo event that you went to. That was interesting. That looks fun. It was so fun. And uh, I had a good group of friends. There was a lot of dancing. And, you know, I just have to say that beer went down real easy. And they actually had this cocktail with ice cream in it. And I was wondering if it was going to taste good. It was fantastic. I'm really curious. I want to look and do the research on February sales of alcohol That's a, <laughs> nationwide because everybody's I'm doing dry January. But February 1st, let's head out to the liquor store and let's get as many fists as possible or go to Costco and get the <laughs> five gallon tank or whatever it is. Right? I'm just curious, like, what are the sales in February after everybody says I'm just going dry for January, but we're picking it back up in February. <laughs> I think people should be more realistic with their resolutions and maybe it should be like me where it's just like, oh, today I'm not going to drink any alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Of course, and moderation, right? Moderation. Yeah. Today I'm not going to have a drink. Yeah. Today I'm just not going to eat. <laughs> yeah, right? There's <laughs> no food today. <laughs> yeah. oh, boy. Today I'm going to have a salad. <laughs> yeah. Those are my resolutions. <laughs> When, my New Year's resolution to have one salad in 2020. That's that's it. Yeah. Just, you know, set the bar low. Set the bar yeah. low. That's all. And then that way, when you meet and exceed your expectations and your and your resolutions, they'll be like you. They'll just be winning, Nelson. Yes. Winning. I'm winning all the time. Winning. The time. As Charlie Sheen says, winning. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to February. Whatever. I don't know why people call it rabbit rabbit. No idea how that originated, but rabbit, rabbit, and let's get it on to the show. <laughs> Episode 73. Monica, fun fact I have no idea, but my high school football coach gave me the number 73 to wear, and I wore 73 from freshman year all the way through senior year in high school playing football. There's no significance whatsoever. I've, I don't know, but number 73 they gave me. No idea. And, but yeah, we're on to 73. Cool story. <laughs> <laughs> I was wait. I was waiting for that just, <laughs> softball pitch right up the middle. You know, just took it out three hundred feet. Home. I told you I can hit home runs. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any recaps this week. We did see each other because we did go out. I drove an hour and fifteen minutes all the way out to meet you in Edmonds because I was craving poke at Ono mm -hmm. Poke. Yeah. So, but. We don't have any official recaps, but we do have a lot of events to cover. So as you say in the intro, let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right. I'll start it off because I have more events. As I already told you guys, February 
We're into the new month. It's Black History Month, and James Beard Award winner Eduardo Jordan is hosting several events to celebrate Black History Month. They're bringing together chefs of color and leaders in the community. This week, there are two events for this. Starting on Monday at June Baby, it's Cocktails and Conversation with Leaders of Color featuring Chef Nina Compton, Police Chief Carmen Best, Fire Chief Harold Scoggins, Percy Abram, the head of the Bush School, and Michelle Merriweather. And then on Friday is the Soul of Seattle at the African American Museum. This special event will feature 10 local chefs of color, and it's a multi-course VIP dinner to help raise 200K for the Urban League of Seattle and the Rainier Scholars. Some of the chefs at this event include McKinney Howell of Plum Bistro, Trey Lamont of Jerk Shack, and Christy Brown of That Brown Girl Cooks. For more information on other events this month, you want to go to at Seattle on their Instagram page. They have a full list of all the events as well as the descriptions on a post. So you want to check that out. Monica, this is cool. I did not know that Eduardo Jordan is doing this for Black History Month. Yeah, and it's uh, quite an expansion of of events that might have happened in the in the past. And, you know, I was just thinking about Christy Brown of That Brown Girl Cooks because she's been really well known in the community for a very long time. I'm really glad to see, like, I'm seeing her name pop up more and more in, like, mainstream press. So loving that. And I think she's trying to get a, she's either trying to get or close to getting a Bricks location for her catering. McKinney Howe of Plum Bistro is near and dear to our hearts, Monica, mm-hmm. because that was the first time we ever came up with the idea of doing a podcast together at Plum Bistro. You remember that event? I do. I remember it was 120 degrees that oh, day. I and thought I was, it was 150 degrees. <laughs> I was dripping with sweat and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. And like, it was, I, I was, I was, I felt so terrible that day, but thankfully uh, vegan soft serve made it all better. <laughs> uh, I still think about that pineapple saucer. That was really mm-hmm. good. It was really good. No, that was the first one of the first events Monica invited me as a plus one. So plus one adventures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, I'd, you know, I'll dress up nice. I'll wear a nice polo to the event. <laughs> yeah. 150 degrees later and meeting <laughs> 10 other fashion bloggers. It's like, hi, I'm Nelson. I'm in a sauna or steam room. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was scorching that day. <laughs> that's that's that's. I think it was a Seattle record high for the weather. I think it was. I mean, literally. It might have been. I felt like Gudetama. I felt like Lazy Egg. <laughs> you know, I have a Gudetama um, umbrella and I was walking around with it, holding it in my hand at work. And somebody said, why do you have a chicken umbrella? And I'm just like, what did you say? And I said, <laughs> why do you have a chicken umbrella? And I'm just like, this is not a chicken. This is Gudetama. They're just like, it's a chicken and a mall. Come on, are we really going to do this right now? <laughs> I'm just like, look at it. It's an egg. It's a lazy egg. <laughs> anyway, that's how I felt that day. <laughs> well, let's get back to it. Black History Month with Eduardo Jordan, June Baby Seattle. Make sure you check it out on the Instagram page. You can find all the information there. All right, Monica, what do you have to start out for the events for this week? To start out for events this week, I want to talk more about the Lunar New Year celebrations. So the great thing about Lunar New Year is that, you know, many different cultures celebrate the Lunar New Year. And around the region, the celebrations usually span about three weekends because you can't have them all in one day because then people have to choose and then just too much. Right. Also for the performers and like vendors, it just it just can't happen. So this coming week on Saturday, February 8th, there are tons more celebrations. And today we're just going to highlight two of them. The first of them is in Seattle and it's from 11 a.m to 4 p.m. at Hinghe Park in the International District, Chinatown. Now, Nelson, I know you've been wanting to see a lion dance this year, and Makfai Washington Kung Fu Club will be performing both 
lion and dragon dances at 11 a.m. Nice. You know me, lion dances. All I've been seeing are the ones that have been on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. That's all I've been seeing. So I want to see something live. (laughs) For sure. One of the best things at this event is the $3 food walk where you can get bites from places like Tai Tung, Kanji's, Thai Curry Simple, and Seattle's Best Tea. So I always love the $3 food walk. And I encourage people, if you're not used to hanging around in an international district, this is a great way for you to sample different foods from different restaurants and vendors to see what you like and then go back later on for full meals. The second celebration we want to highlight today is the Asia Pacific Lunar New Year at the Tacoma Dome from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. So this one's in Tacoma South and but we do know that some folks listen from that area. They're going to be featuring over 90 food booths and the celebration will include retail, games, crafts, activities, entertainment and more. Both events are free and it's a great way to sort of expose yourself to culture of like a multitude of cultures that celebrate the Lunar New Year. I think that's so cool. 90 food booths. That's a lot of food booths that I know. Be in the Tacoma Dome. But then again, Tacoma Dome is very large. So I think that's so cool to celebrate. And I haven't heard anything, any events to celebrate the Lunar New Year in Tacoma. So that's really awesome. For sure. So Nelson, I see there are a couple more events that you have that uh, are really piquing my interest. So why don't you tell us about one of them? Yeah. Well, to start on Saturday, February 8th, Temple Pastries is having a Valentine's pop-up at Broadcast Coffee on Jackson. Monica, I still remember when you brought me Temple Pastries a while back. I think last year they did a savory pop-up and then... Mm -hmm. This year, they're doing a Valentine's pop-up. I love their pastries. Starting at 9.30 a.m., they will be selling some delicious sweet treats, including chocolate buckwheat cookie, lychee hibiscus, and rose fennel donuts. Yum. Tiramisu cruffin, and cherry almond vanilla, and chocolate tahini tarts. Mm -hmm. So buy them all, Monica. Monica, I would love a box. (laughs) You would love a box. Broadcast coffee isn't that close to me, though. See, what happened was, I remember this when it happened. You're just like, I didn't even know this pop-up was happening. And that was one of the times where we were talking about like how we find out about events. And it was at the Dane, which is near uh, my house. And so I, I absolutely agree with you. I love the flakiness of their pastries. And here's why I think you and I get along, Nelson. You mm-hmm. said lychee, lychee instead of lychee. Oh, it's lychee. Come on, people. That's the proper right? way. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are those people that say lychee and there are those that don't say lychee. And <laughs> those that don't say lychee are not real people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When people say lychee to me, I sort of, I blink four times and I don't say anything. <laughs> and then one time I was at, um, I'll, I'll say it's an unnamed Hawaiian street food vendor. Somebody was working the counter and they said lychee to me. And I said, I'm all, hold up. And I'm all, is this like legit Hawaiian stuff? You just said lychee. I said like really loud. And then the owner came by and says, no, 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 Monica, Monica, Monica. He's new. He's new. <laughs> and I'm all, no, that's not how you say it. I'm all, where'd you get this guy from? <laughs> Who is this guy? I can't tell you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drop the name. Sorry, <laughs> it's not. It's Nelson's first day, Monica. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> oh man. We are hashtag not a couple, but mm-hmm. I would like to request a box. So if anybody wants to bring me a box, you're more than welcome. But Monica. Hint, hint, hashtag not a couple. (laughs) Message received. (laughs) Speaking of Valentine's and chocolate, Monica, we have one more event. Ooh, this is fun. It's all chocolate all the time. Tell us about this one. This one. Okay. Sunday, February 9th, Pike Brewing Company presents Choco Fest. 
This is a culinary adventure with unlimited bites, and you're going to have a wide variety of sips to choose from. Now, what's important is this event benefits the local nonprofit Long Live the Kings. And Nelson, you and I are very familiar with this organization. They work to restore wild salmon habitat and support sustainable fishing in the Pacific Northwest, which is very important to our orca population. Absolutely. I remember supporting them last year. Yes. For sure. So what you can expect for food is you can expect bites from restaurants like Etta's, Tankard and Tun, Macrina Bakery, and more. For sips, because, you know, it's no longer dry January, you can <laughs> expect to see people like Premium Port Wines, Luke Columbia Valley, and Dry Fly Distilling. They're going to be there. And it wouldn't be Choco Fest without sweets. And I'm so excited to see Gelatiamo, Choco Telegram, our favorite friends, Theo, and more. Like, you have to have chocolate. Like, chocolate, beer, and food. Like, I'm, I'm all in on this one. I hope they have chocolate because it's Choco Fest, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, guys, tickets can be purchased for $55 on Stranger Tickets, and it includes food, a Choco Fest glass, 10 drink tickets, and live music. Now, I'm just going to tell you, 10 drink tickets, that should be able to take care of the average person. Like, if you told me 10 drink tickets, like, I don't know, two years ago, I would have been like, wow, that's a lot of drink tickets. But like, if you said it to me today, I'd be like, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys are thinking about going, prices go up 48 hours before the event. So grab them right now. Right now. Monica, I'm so glad they had Choco Fest because last year they had to cancel Choco Fest mm -hmm. due to the snow mm -hmm. and they couldn't reschedule and post find a different day. I'm so glad they have it this year. I can't wait to check it out. Absolutely. Me too. And then Monica, I have one last event. This is sort of a now Seattle tradition. It's back, guys. We covered it last year and they're doing it again. February, of course, means Little Woody's Burger Month. Four local chefs creating awesome burger creations. I'm just going to tell you the first week. To kick off Burger Month, they've got Brady Williams of Canlis. Holy crap, Canlis. To start it <laughs> off with this good old burger. And it's got fry sauce, American cheese, and Ubeshi onions. Monica? I have no idea what Yubeshi Onions is, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, sorry, Nelson. And I, I think it's important to highlight that before the official kickoff of Lowity's Burger Month, they actually usually do a one-week flashback to the previous year. So we're in the middle of the flashback right now, and the burger that they're highlighting is from Melissa Miranda, and it's the Syrup Sandwich. And this one, guys, I got to tell you, this one is going to be around till just for a couple. Oh, just today's the last day, which is, uh, let's see, February 3rd. It was so good that I ate it twice. I went Whoa, twice wow. to different locations. That's right, Monica. To start Burger Month, it starts off on the 4th, which is a Tuesday. And you can get the burger all the way to Monday the 10th. So it always mm -hmm. goes from Tuesday to Monday. And then the new burger starts on the Tuesday of that week. So mm -hmm. it's a little unconventional, but that's why we're telling you guys, because we are the brrr, Seattle Foodie Podcast. So, of course, we're going to inform you of that. Of course. Hmm. OK, Monica, that's pretty much it. Five events. That's a lot. We, we're, we're getting into it. I mean, people are January. Everybody's like Ugh, getting back to work from the holidays. They've gotten into the rhythm now. People are starting to leave the gym, so it's not as crowded anymore, which is so good for me. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> And we're out, we're back into like regular rotation. I love it. I love it. It's it, We're getting busy. It's getting busy. Lots of food, lots of things going on. And Monica, we have an interview today. Tell us about this interview. All right. You might recognize Chef Ryan Donaldson from Stonehouse on the east side. 
We've come to know him from Gather Kitchen and Bar in Ballard. And Nelson, you and I have been there twice together. Hashtag not a couple. And the food has been delicious. <laughs> we had a chance to sit down with Chef Ryan and talk all things food. Here's our interview with Chef Ryan Donaldson. Hey, everyone. Today we are in Ballard at Gather Kitchen and Bar with Chef Ryan Donaldson. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you. Us too, big fans, I have to say. We've been in to eat before and just completely blown away by the food. Can we find out a little bit more about how you became a chef? Absolutely. Um, my journey began pretty early on growing up. My great-grandparents had a little farm and you know, our favorite things to go do were to go kind of scour through and pick fresh peas and, and carrots out of the garden and eat them. You know, we grew up on the beach shucking oysters and going crabbing and uh, really developed a, a love of food. And then when I was in high school, I was a basketball player hoping to play in college. My senior year, I tore my ACL. I kind of lost my opportunity, stepped to rehab, and I got my first job at 16 in a kitchen, and I fell in love with it. The, just the fast pace, the camaraderie, everything that I, I lost in playing basketball, I had found in a kitchen. It became my new home. And so that kind of started me off. Ended up in culinary school at Seattle uh, Culinary Academy up on Capitol Hill. After that, I went on to get a degree in hospitality business management from Washington State University. I worked in restaurants all around the, the city, but knowing I always wanted to have my own place, and that's kind of why I took the steps that I did. That was not what happened to me after I finished my high school basketball career. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened to you? <laughs> I just went to college, but <laughs> and, my, and playing basketball was over from there. So, but, um, love it. So we're in Ballard right now, and we're at Gather Kitchen and Bar. Can you tell us what are some of your most popular dishes that's since, how, I mean, how many, a couple of years you guys have been here? Yeah, octopus is, is one of the things that we're known for. We kind of, with the seasons, kind of change it around. We kind of come back to some four basic dishes for it. But right now, during the wintertime, we run our, our octopus paella dish, which is probably one of our, our most popular things. We get some really great octopus, and we love to... To showcase that, chicken and waffles is by far one of our, our biggest hits. Um, every single Saturday and Sunday for brunch, we it's tough to keep enough on hand. It's been so popular that we've actually added it as a happy hour menu item as well, oh. uh, which has been great. And then our beignets, which is probably mm -hmm. our most Instagram thing uh, that you will find people love. Someone was just asking me about favorite chicken and waffle spots, and I think I did mention Gather. Well, thank you, thank you very much. It, it has been, it has been by far. I mean, we it was something we threw on the menu. We we originally started doing like a Nashville hot hot chicken, and we kind of changed it to a in-house buffalo sambal fermented chili sauce we make with maple syrup and blue cheese mousse. So, it, and it is just ever since then we just can't. So, I mean, it just keeps going. For sure. Um, before moving on to the next question, I just have to do a shout out for our listeners. The octopus is amazing. Yes. I don't know what kind of magic you do to it, but <laughs> so tender. I mean, you know, Nelson and I don't always fight about dishes that we take to go when we're getting ready to leave, but that was one where we're just like, can I have it? Well, I kind of want it. <laughs> so it's fantastic. And with the chicken and waffles, I think I think Nashville Hot is a really great idea, and it doesn't really work very well in our market unless that's like the only thing that you do. Yeah. It's, it's really spicy to the palate and really hard for the average person to get with it. So um, really thoughtful, one of the things that I love about this restaurant. So thinking about ingredients, you mentioned the farm growing up, and then you mentioned some seasonal things with, like for example, the octopus going on right now. What are some ingredients that you're excited about using in the future? 
Uh, right now, the thing that excites us the most is kind of creating some of our own flavors. Um, we grow a, a couple little things in-house. It's one of our favorite things as people walk by. We have our microgreens, and as we go get some more sun, we're going to plant some more things up in there that we'll use in-house. But more so, we're playing around with things like fermentation and stuff like that, using koji, to, you know, which is used to make soy sauce and, and soybean paste. What else can we use it in? Can we use it with hazelnuts to make a, a fermented hazelnut paste? And you know, we have a little cellar downstairs. We want to make our own fish sauce and taking kimchi method and using it with pineapple to, to make like a pineapple kimchi and then turning that into like a, a ketchup that we use for duck spring rolls or something mm -hmm. like that. So mm -hmm. for us right now, we want to take all these old, old methods that are all natural and have been used for centuries and how can we make them new again and kind of test them on, on things that maybe have not been used before. And so right now, with the black trumpet mushroom season coming to an end. We're fermenting those and we're expecting to get this chocolatey umami paste-like taste that we want to see, can we use it in a dessert? You know, something along those lines. And then, you know, we work with Jeremy from Forged and Found uh, Edibles and he's one of our, our favorite people to work with. And every year something new just pops around. This last year, it was wild fresh sumac, which I've never used before. I've always buy dried sumac and use that to what are the different possibilities with that and these wild forge things that come in and it's just it's fun and exciting to play with so yeah speaking of which we are recording at the beginning of the year 2020 right now we're in the winter season what are some things that are upcoming for gather out for the for the next coming coming seasons or just what you have planned you know our plans is you know we like to stay with big bold flavors we like to pull from international things and so as we kind of get into the spring and into the coming year, we're going to be playing a lot with taking street food, market foods and stuff like that, and traditional things like that from other cultures, and kind of how can we present that in a new and, and restaurant manner. Now, this isn't your first restaurant, right? No, this yeah. is not my first restaurant. We have a small little restaurant in Redmond, which is completely different. Right. But. How did you decide to have Gather out in Ballard? Like, did you, can you walk us through the process? I, you know, I'm, a, I'm in Seattle. Uh, native. I, I grew up here. I've always loved Ballard. It's got a lot of unique little shops. It's something that's kind of stayed its own. As we've watched Seattle change into chain after chain after chain, Seattle, or Ballard's got boutique shop after boutique shop mm -hmm. after boutique shop. It's got culture to it. Um, you know, it's by the water. We have a fisherman's terminal. It just, it, it kind of felt still like Seattle to me, yeah. and that's why I kind of loved it so much. And, you know, we've got the farmer's market right here, which is open year-round. It just kind of felt like a, a fit. Yeah, it's really one of the better food neighborhoods around the Seattle area. Yeah. So I'm just, it's always great and love it here. Yeah, I mean, just t thinking about Nelson's question, I mean, when we initially came here and found out, you know, who you were and what was going on here, it's just the distance between the restaurants. You know, sometimes yeah. people open them up, you know, a little clustered, but we're just like, wow, that's that's a big spread. <laughs> like, well, we wouldn't necessarily make that connection. <laughs> and I live in Marysville to boot, so it's an even bigger drive. So, <laughs> so now it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. So before we get into some of our final questions, mm -hmm. I guess, is there anything that you want to talk about and focus on in this interview? You know, the, one of the things that I, I think would be great to talk about is we, we see a lot of closures going on in our industry right now. The nature of the restaurant business is... is definitely changing. Our costs keep on going up, but we can't charge anymore for what we're selling. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how do we overcome it? I mean, people aren't going to stop going out to eat, but, mm -hmm. you know, so now we're in a choice where do we sacrifice the quality of ingredients to keep our costs low mm -hmm. or do people care? Does it, I don't know, there's no magic formula right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard thinking about it's not the minimum wage that's causing it, but there's tons of other things that has to happen for a business to operate in Seattle specifically. I mean, yeah. even doing business in Bellevue is so much different mm -hmm. um, just with the permitting and the costs and the taxes. And, and so I don't, I don't know what the answer is either. Yeah, you know, I, I do think that the minimum wage does have an impact. I'm, I'm sure you're going to see with the jump from $12 an hour to $13.50 an hour for tipped employees that you're going to see a huge, you know, those who are teetering once again like they were last year, you can see a huge, huge wave of restaurants going out again this year. So is it as impactful as some other factors? No, I mean, I think the biggest factor is rents are extremely expensive, cost of labor is expensive. You know, the minimum wage increase isn't going to the people who need it. They're already making plenty of money. You know, money's not going to cooks. It's not going to other people. Rents could be lower. The cost of food could be lower. Taxes could be lower. With all the restaurants going out of business, the, the biggest thing we could use is an understanding from the people is if you want us to stay around, you got to be letting us raise our prices five or 10% and, yeah. and still get that support. You know, and it's mm -hmm. tough. Still want to have culture in the city. You got to support <laughs> the, the, the small businesses. Okay. We may cost a little more, but it's worth it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we, like Monica said, we have a couple of last questions we always ask to all of our guests. We always like asking chefs. What are some of your favorite places in Seattle to grab something to eat? Well, this is a tough one because I don't want to leave anybody out or hurt anybody's feelings because <laughs> there are a lot of great, great places to, to eat in, in Seattle. And uh, as most chefs will tell you, we don't get to eat out that much. So some of my favorites, special occasion for sure, is Eden Hill. We have not made it to their new location since they have the, they've kept the old restaurant, which is still all carton on the new restaurant mm -hmm. that's pre-fee only. Um, but we went there for my birthday couple years ago, and it was probably one of the best meals I've had in my life. It was absolutely fantastic. Lark has always held a special place in my, my heart. You know, I liked it more. It was a little more quaint in their old space uh, right there behind Seattle U. But Jonathan still does a, a great food in that space and, and always love to go there. Manolin over in Fremont, great place to go get a snack and a cocktail. Um, great place to meet people for, for drinks after work and have a light snack and a meal. Always great food, always great cocktails, great atmosphere to go into. It's one of my, my favorite hangouts. Pachip Eats, uh, Bongos over on Green Lake. Uh, we used to live right up the street from there on, on 67th. And to walk down there um, right when it first opened, um, yeah. it, it was phenomenal. I love that they've been able to stick around and, and upgrade the place and add the sand and the, the yeah. kind of <laughs> fence it in a little bit. I take my kids there. They love, love to play there. I love to eat there. It's, it's a phenomenal place to go. And then a place I discovered while we were building out Gather here in Ballard is Pink Bee, which is the, the Thai style uh, curry pork sandwiches, which, and, and plates that I can't get enough of. I went the back there. Sandwiches are amazing there. They bread. are. That oh my bread. God. Can we talk about that bread? I mean, I, I probably ate there two to three times a week for months while we were building this place out. I just kept going back and back and back. And I was just like, oh, I could not get enough. So. Can we talk about bongos? And I only yeah. say this because it sounds like you're there from the beginning, just like me. I remember when they did that. It's just like, what is this funky gas station? <laughs> deal? Because it that, it didn't look like it does now. So no, no, like no, no, no. It now. still looked like a it, it, it looked, it looked like, like a food crap. truck attached to the <laughs> right. side of a gas station right. that you would like yeah. walk up to and like it was it was it was bizarre. It was bizarre, and the food was phenomenal. And mm -hmm. but you could go in there, and like all of a sudden. It got crowded, like yeah. like kids, dogs, people like oozing out the door. But I just I just love that like you were there at the beginning. So oh, yeah. was I. And like when people talk about it, now, I'm just like it's too busy. I don't go. Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was it was just by luck that I happened to, to end up getting there too. I was coming from the other side of Green Lake. I went to a place mm -hmm. that has sandwiches, and I'm, I'm 
love sandwiches. I mean, I was, I was so disappointed with the sandwich that I got. I, it was like it was this pork belly thing. It was like not cooked properly. It was just oh. tough and chewy. And I was like, okay, I can't eat this. And so like Bongos had just opened and I just drove by. I was like, I'm pulling in here. I'm throwing the sandwich away. And I, I found it. it was just like, it was luck. That's awesome. So last question, where can folks find you on social media? The biggest place to find us on social media is, is Instagram. All the things that are up and coming, new dishes that we're working on, things like that, we'll post pictures and put them on Instagram at Gather Ballard, and that's the same handle for Facebook as well. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank Great. you very much. Thank it was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's our interview with Chef Ryan Donaldson of Gather Kitchen and Bar in Ballard. Nelson. I don't know. This place just continues to blow me away. Uh, we went there for a tasting once, and then we just recently went for the Sunday fried chicken supper. I'm loving the food. And again, I think this is just a really underrated place that people don't know about. I have to agree. I keep telling people about Gather. Everybody asks me, it's like, oh, what's good to eat? What's good to eat? And I was like, you have to go to Gather. It's good. The fried chicken was really, really good. And those biscuits. I, see, I still think about those biscuits <laughs> from last week. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I, I know. I ate the three that was in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great deal for that fried chicken Sunday supper. $20 for three pieces and you get the mashed potatoes with the Brussels sprouts and bacon. It's really delicious. But man, you know what? I want to go back for octopus. Yeah. That octopus. Yeah. I want to go back and try more of their brunch menu on the weekends because uh, that looks really interesting. And that's where the, the other take on chicken and waffles that we had that night, in addition to the fried chicken supper, was, was there. So I'm interested in exploring more. Gather Kitchen and Ballard. Make sure you guys check it out. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for today. We have some things for this week. We're actually going to be seeing each other for, officially for some things, right? Are we? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have to look at my calendar. I'm I told you, I'm just day to day. So, you know. Day to day. Yes, we will be right. seeing each other. <laughs> Monica's not the long game person, guys. <laughs> Too busy, man. Too busy. Got to got to just look right in front of you. Got to look yep. right in front. Of you. Yeah, we got Choco Fest, we got oh, Thai food. I can't I can't wait for Thai food and we got some other things. And then I'm going to be out in Vancouver, so you won't see me for a little bit. Going to go a little bit off the grid for a little while. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I'll come back. I'll be back. All right, everyone, that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a good one. Have a great February, everyone, and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.